Hello and welcome to the Grand Cinema Hotel, a podcast hosted by three friends who love cinema. I'm Oliver and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Gus and Nate. Tonight we'll be staying in room 131, Halloween, the slasher classic directed by John Carpenter. So go ahead, get comfortable and throw on that do not disturb sign as we try to survive Halloween. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What's going on, all you trick-or-treaters? Thanks for checking back into the Grand Cinema Hotel. If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to smash that like button, leave a comment, let us know what you think. If you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast App, whatever else you might be listening on, subscribe to us so you get notifications when we're dropping new videos. Which takes us into the second video of our Elite Eight of our horror movie showdown. Last week, you know, we did good old... The Exorcist, and that takes us to Halloween, directed by John Carpenter. Um, fun movie, slasher movie. Where uh, where were you guys on the first night where you watched this? How old were you? Bro, you want to go first? Mm, I actually don't know anything about it. Okay, uh, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I s- okay, so Halloween and Michael Myers is something that's been in my life, and I know about it, but I didn't actually seek it out on my own until... I was already an adult. I saw the Rob Zombie movies, um, and I don't even know who made the other ones, but like I, I've seen those as a kid, but I had I had not ever seen the original until really? I was an adult, so I had to seek it out for myself. Interesting. So probably like somewhere between like five, seven years ago, I was like, I need to see this movie on Halloween night. So I watched it for the first time as an adult on Halloween night, like five to seven years ago. As you should. Very yeah. cool. What I remember you? now. So my mom... This kind of goes to the story that you talk about, like when your mom takes you to movies you shouldn't have seen. My mom took me to watch H two O. Non canon nowadays, because because for some reason, yeah, exactly. Because for some reason, she always liked the horror movies. She did like she always liked the Halloween franchise for some reason. So the first one that I watched was that, which made no sense obviously to watch it. But then uh, as I grew up, I went back and watched this one, the original one, and it definitely was my favorite one. I mean the. The score is definitely something that still stands out to me to this day. Yeah. You know? I uh, I actually didn't see this when I was super young because I think I saw it when I was in, like, middle school. So I was probably, like, 12 or 13. Um, but at this point, I had already seen all of, like, the other slasher classics, like, you know, Texas Chainsaw. Um, uh, Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Exactly, all those. And um, this ended up being, well, besides Texas Chainsaw, this ended up being my favorite. I like this more than Nightmare on Elm Street, and I for sure like this more than Friday the 13th. No shade meant to be thrown, but it will be probably. We were more of a Texas Chainsaw and Nightmare on Elm Street family. Yeah. Like, uh, I think Nightmare on Elm Street was the one my mom said had the like biggest standout scares to her. Like, the one of uh, Freddy running down the like alley and his arms get all long and he's scratching like for my mom that's like yeah that's like that's my nightmare that one still gets her to this day so we were we were down with halloween but it just wasn't my family's favorite i feel you the i we we always watch texas chainsaw like texas chainsaw was my movie like i still love that movie but once again like the exorcist i watched this movie by myself in my room and it just (laughs) i don't know it just kind of hit um it's obviously like what re-watching it for the podcast i think it 
it's a little less scary than maybe I remember it being. And I know that we've talked about it, but the ambiance and, and the vibes that this movie is able to create, especially on such a small budget, I think is why it holds such a special place in my heart. So, And right now we're watching it as we're recording, and I kind of wa- noticed this the first or on the rewatch for the pod that I really liked. The... Um, he they put the, the mask on the camera as he puts the mask on. Yeah, I really like that effect, and I think that's like some of the stuff that you talked about. It um, still, I still think this movie works because it kind of has this low budget love to it. That like all those B horror movies that people kind of like really like, all kind of seem to really just want to draw the ambiance from this movie. This is one of those like really really good B horror movies. Yeah, I mean this is an independent movie for sure. Like I was reading. When I was doing research, that John Carpenter got paid 10k for the movie. Wow! They like they said the budget was like 300,000. Yeah. But he only got 10k, and he directed this, he wrote this, and he did the score. And they got. I mean, that's like the that's got to be the best deal in movie history ever, maybe because this is so iconic and it spawned so many different things. Like this is a this is probably one of the biggest like pieces of horror IP that exists. For real. And this thing's beaten to the ground. Like we're still getting remakes. We still have Halloween Horror Nights mazes. I mean, I'm sure if you go to Target right now, you could find one of those Funko Pop t-shirts of uh, <laughs> Michael Myers or something, you know? I'm telling you that my first intro to it was H2O, which is already a dead was already a deadbeat reboot already yeah. at that time, you know, and then we are already getting like this this the, the new one came out this year, right, or that last year? Uh, it was no. last year. And yeah, it was exactly. It is one of the worst movies of the year. Watch that so bad. And and it just sucks because this first one is just so much better than even that. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, the first one is like an untouchable movie. And I'm gonna be honest, this is not really my thing. Like, this is one of those movies where I can respect how good it is and I can appreciate it, but it is not something I really ever seek out. And Part of it probably has to do with it not being in my life for very long. So maybe the older I get, I'll like it more. But, yeah, it's just, I mean, peace and love, respect. I under, <laughs> I totally get it, you know. It's just it's just not really my thing. But it's an incredible movie. I would never try to deny that. It's more of a personal taste thing with me. But I, I know you really like this movie, right, yeah. Nate? No, like I really you, do, yeah. When you got here today, the first thing you said was like, Halloween's so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it in years. Like, it's probably been like four or five years maybe since I've seen it last. And I don't know, it just has a lot of different pieces that I really like about it. I like that it feels super low budget. And I think a big part of me is like, that feeling that you get, like, the small-town Halloweens, like, it almost reminds me of, like, Hocus Pocus. Like, you still get, like, you know, the day leading up to it. Like, I really like it, but... And I think another part that really interests me about this movie is, like, this is what I wanted to talk about when you talked about last week on the Exorcist episode, um, about how, like, kind of, like, the times and, like, what was happening out in the world, like, kind of relates to this movie. Like, the 70s were some of the most, like, populated with serial killers in America. That's ever. when it started, quote-unquote. Exactly, right? Yeah. right? Or certain people started taking notice of it. I've seen Mindhunter. <laughs> yeah, right? You know what I'm talking about? David Fincher, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, I think this is why this movie was probably so scary for a lot of people, is because at the time, like, this was legitimately happening. Maybe not, Good like, point. the evil levels of this movie, or, who you know, you could argue against it, but I just think that that cultural hold on people because of that, I, th- I think it's pretty interesting, too. Yeah, I mean, just like The Exorcist, I think you're making a great point that these are realistic fears 
of the people from that time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, dude, if you see stuff like that, Richard Ramirez or John Wayne Gacy or Ted Bundy or Mm -hmm. whoever, see, we know too much about this already. Like like the fact that we just have this on the top of our head, like I could name five or six Mm -hmm. serial killers just goes to show you how at this time, this was such a like, Dude, Fox News would eat this up if this 100%. was now. You yes. know what I mean? Like, you would hear about this 24-7, how a serial killer is going to come and get you in the middle of the night. So, I mean, I totally get why this movie works. And I do like a lot of it, but it leaves me, it just leaves me feeling a little empty. This, but it's so good, too. This movie is... I can't uh, explain that enough, that this is a good movie, but it's just not my personal taste. I totally feel... Because I even said, like, I think it's probably the wrong way to describe it, but what I said earlier when I came over was that... This movie's almost like a comfort movie to me. Yeah, like, that's so weird. I know, like, isn't that You're one weird, of those Midsummer girls? Like, yeah, that's yeah, my comfort movie. Like, what the I fuck? see. What's wrong with me? <laughs> like, no, I see but, what you mean, though. But, like, it is. It just makes me feel like, like, this is a horror movie. Like, this really is a movie that laid the foundation for everything else that came after it. And I think that's... And it just does it so perfectly, I think, so... I, th- yeah. I guess that's what I mean by that. It just makes me feel like, ah, this is a nice it's little It's influenced movie. so much that it can't help but, it, like, I think it's why it's on that pedestal, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I feel like this is a movie that you're, I think, like, your favorite director would like. Or, I mean, I looked it up today, dude, because I was typing in Halloween on Google, and there's showtimes, like, okay, on June 3rd, somewhere in our area, I didn't see exactly what it was, like, this is going to be showing in theaters, and you can go see it, so this is, like, a movie fan's movie, and it's, like, the most movie a movie can be, you know what I mean, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like even though it's low budget, it takes, like, every dollar, you can tell, was put into, like, caring about this movie, and it's obviously because of John Carpenter, but... Yeah, I mean, this movie is just really good, and I don't understand why I don't like it more. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll get to the end of that by this pop. Maybe. Thing. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I think it might. Uh, what I see it as is the the slasher trope is a little overdone at the age that we were at. I mean, like by the time like Scream never resonated with me too much. Me I think either. it's like like I I get it though. The first one, like I yeah. get it. It's cool, but I think that um, it's kind of hard now to go back because we didn't like as a kid. Even as a kid, we already kind of had all those ones that kind of suck. But then this one's like the original one. You know what I mean? Like the original one of the original slashers where I think it just it, it's it has that cultural hold that you're talking about. And it's realistic. And I think there's just something um, about how it's independent that just makes it seem so much more like grounded. And it, it still holds up really well. I had watched this like a couple months before we did the podcast. Just for fun. Just for fun. Just like kind of like the same thing, like just throwing it on. And I don't know. Like I, I, I always like to see it at least once a year. So that comforting thing that you guys are talking about, I do think it's because they're suburban dudes. You know what I mean? I just think it has that comfort that you would see in like, okay, I felt the same way about the beginning of Poltergeist because yeah, that yeah. like, Similar, yeah, exactly. that sub, that perfect suburban area that looks just like E.T. and looks like Halloween. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's that aesthetic and choice of uh, setting. You know, and, like, I, I looked it up, too, because I was like, is Haddonfield a real place? And there's not one in Illinois. There's, like, a Haddonfield, New Jersey. But this is actually filmed in um, California, here in California. Yeah. So I think that's probably one of the reasons it also feels comforting, because in our youth, we've all spent time hanging out in suburban areas, you know there was mean? There was, a, for a couple of years, you could go visit this house in um, 
It was. It's near to. It's close to us. Really? Yeah. This terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I need to move. <laughs> so I, you know, it's funny. Just like not even thinking about it, that might be it. There's just like a atmosphere to it that is comforting. Yeah, I mean, it, like another movie. I think that also takes place in SoCal and has that comforting feeling even though the movie's not is donnie darko mm-hmm. you yeah. know where i just think it also because they're high school students too yeah. right like that does have something to do with it and i would say like since this is one of the original slasher movies and i guess the other ones that would be considered early slashers are like psycho texas chainsaw and black christmas, black christmas yeah which i think is interesting that it just goes to show you that halloween is so much better than black christmas and Black Christmas had these tropes first, yeah. But it doesn't get the credit that Halloween no. does, and I just think it's because Halloween just kind of grabbed that, like, grabbed the title of like, no, this is how it's going to be done going forward, and not Black Christmas. Yeah, I will say it has to do a lot too cinematography wise. It's just shot better than a lot of those movies, like yeah, creatively definitely. wise. Like, uh, like right now we're watching it. There's a scene where, which is still kind of unexplainable, where he starts driving, <laughs> but. <laughs> He 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 throws the lady out and it kind of has that giallo like there's just red light like cuz of yeah. the car technically but there's just like there's this like neon light there and it just gives it this ambiance that we do like from other horror movies and those kind of like those cheesy kind of like Italian still movies. using that same mm-hmm. shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's all these years later. It's on the floor like the camera's on the floor and it's just light coming from either the left the left side or the right side whatever and it just works but this this is one of the for me not knowing might be the first ones to do, like one of the first ones to do it, you know, those shots. What I was going to say actually was um, I think like the high schoolers in this movie, because this is the one that like set the standard. I actually think that these high school characters are pretty innocent as opposed to some yes. of the other slashers where I think the characters are Good completely point. unlikable. Yeah. And like these kids, it kind of feels like they're living in like dazed and confused. And it just so happens that a slasher movie happens to them. Like they feel very lived in and like they're actually friends. You know what I mean? Like you have the stuff of like Laurie smoking in the car like and she's two handing the joint. It's like yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. And then they drive up on the dad and like, like they're hot boxing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. no smoke comes out like that's that was just funny i will add too to that point that they're also believable high schoolers which is something that i think we've you've kind of touched upon in some of the movies now that you when you get an actor that just looks like you're not a 46 year old guy playing a 12 year old yeah exactly it's not great it's not great playing a high school yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is probably the most egregious offense i've ever seen against casting of high schoolers yeah hell yeah like dude had crow's feet and wrinkles and shit like what are we talking about? He's here? sixteen. Guy who smoked three packs a day. <laughs> <laughs> the other gang, that guy. Oh my but yeah, God. like even right now, it's playing, and she's sitting in the classroom, and all the people who are there. That this does seem like they're all high schoolers, you know. I hope this is okay that we're watching this while we <laughs> record, right? I mean, yeah, I'm sure it is. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, though. right. Um, but I do like having it on, and like we haven't even we've mentioned that it's on, right? But. I think the opening sequence of this movie is yes. fantastic. That's what like I want to A really yeah. great opening sequence, like a, an all-time. It's perfection, yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Myers is a kid we see earlier that he, I think he's got a problem with sex. Like a lot of these slasher <laughs> yeah. movies yep. tend to have that, and it's probably because this set the standard, but it's like some of the characters who get killed are having sex. His sister is naked in the beginning when he kills her, and... I mean, like, it's something that I don't even know if is explained upon later, but I just find it really 
where does this come from? You know, this idea of like the killings all being like somewhat sexual in nature. Like right. maybe it's because of the actual serial killers at the time that they're kind of riffing off of. But I do think it's kind of weird. No, and especially I that agree. it became so prominent li- like later on. Like, Yeah, I don't know. I really don't have a total explanation for it, honestly. I no, guess it's okay. I mean, we're not here to yeah. answer these questions. I guess it would make saying. sense, though. I, this one might be, it might have set the standard, but I don't understand why it's been an overused trope at Probably this point. Probably like Psycho, right? Because in Psycho, it's he's kind of in love with her in the beginning, like Norman Bates. Like He's yeah. kind of flirting with Janet Lee. Which, which I'd is, like oh, to add. We, yeah. You want to bring it up that Janet Lee is... Yeah. Jamie I mean, Lee you Curtis's know this mother. if you're old, but if you're young, you probably don't know this. But Janet Lee, who starred in Psychos, Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. So that's really cool that they're two of the most icon- iconic, like, leading ladies in a horror movie Correct. and mother-daughter. I hope, is the granddaughter going to do something? Huh? I, I know. I, yeah, does Jamie Lee Curtis have a daughter? This is something we need to know from you. No. Somehow it's Jenna Ortega. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd love that. Uh, we were talking about, you know, this movie being kind of realistic and... I feel like that has already kind of fallen apart because we have Michael Myers just walking around in broad daylight. And don't you think it's kind of weird that go ahead? No, I was going to say it, this is where it kind of like, he's also using like a police car the whole time and nobody kind of the notices penitent, that. About, the car from the asylum or the, wherever the hell. He yeah. Is, the, right? the car that the detective was using to come to pick him up actually, or whatever, yeah. whatever anyways, but he's just driving that car around with the mask on it is very unrealistic. This is, it's Halloween, bro. This is a CinemaSins I, level yeah. critique, and this is nitpicking, honestly. But it is hilarious because of how later on Michael Myers is viewed as this like entity, right? Like he's not even human, mm-hmm. but somehow he knows how to drive a stick shift. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I've always thought it was cool too how like the the psychiatrist who's working on him was like, I've been working on him for eight Dr. years. Dr. Loomis. Yeah, and I, he's, he's nothing but pure evil, right? He's he really favorite. is a, a sick-ass character. Yeah, like, badass. He's one cool. of the great character actors of all time, Donald Pleasance. But I don't know if you've seen this critique, but I, I think it needs to be brought up. Is Why do they always move him on his favorite night of the year? Right, like going forward after this, oh, why know. would you move him on Halloween, Halloween. night? Yeah, I don't right, know. it's so stupid. <laughs> and I think this movie does a good job of not going too far into all of this stuff because the other movies do, and then it makes no sense. Yeah, right? that's what I really like about this movie. Is I feel like this movie is a little bit of a, a mystery at first. It's like, I mean, when this came out, like, who is Michael Myers? You know, like people didn't know the figure, the, right? What they the, call the, the shadow something. or yeah. something, or the shape or some shit like that. <laughs> Shape, shadow. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, no, like I really do enjoy the mystery behind him, and like, because I mean, up until the very end of this movie, you're led to believe that he's just a person. You know, like he is just a human. That's but true. But then the way that the doctor, that that Sam Loomis talks about him, is like you almost feel like there's more to it. And like he goes on and said, like he's pure evil, and that is one of my favorite parts. Is he's like, I spent five years working with him, then I put spent another six trying to get him killed or some shit. Yeah, like it's like yeah. eight years trying to fix him, yeah, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up. Yeah, he figured out there's nothing but evil in his eyes. And then it's just I even like because he basically just dedicates himself to exterminating Michael Myers. Like this is badass. Yeah, I mean, I think this movie really. I like, I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this, but you could just like feel how good it is. Like within the first, I would say hour, right? Like the ending and the climax and all that. I don't think it's really scary. I understand like the, how well put together it is, like how intense 
and how like dangerous it feels. But I think the first hour of this movie is actually where it really shines the because it's the pacing, yeah. yeah, and like the overall like feeling that the movie is giving you. It's so foreboding that like you could just you can just feel like at any second the shit's gonna hit mm-hmm. the fan. But it actually you know it doesn't until about an hour in, which I think is pretty cool. But I also think that the first kill kind of sucks. Can we talk about that for a second? Like the very first one? It's the girl in the car that okay, gets choked that one, out, yeah. right? I think that one, though, it's like a, it's, it's such an overdone scene in the future, right? But I, could, I can tell how effective it was in this movie. But I think that it's ruined by the acting. Because, like, the girl, like, ah, and it reminded me of Blow, Blow right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a fake scream. Yeah. And up. then she, like, closes her eyes and then opens them again one last time and then closes them. And, I mean, that's a nitpick. I, I get it. That, that shouldn't really affect the overall movie. But for that to be the first kill just really... Like it didn't sit right, but I think me. that's what I talk about. Like it's in revisionist though, because yeah, it's been yeah, so definitely. overdone. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's plenty of worse versions of this in the future. Yeah, exactly, and especially in remakes too. But I don't know. I just uh, that first kill never sits right with me. No the garage yeah. kill. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, do you guys have a favorite kill in this movie? Um, I don't know. I think the iconic one is when he kills the boyfriend and he, like, sticks him to the wall. Yeah, I was like, is that the, yeah. And he starts kind of, like, sh- like like a dog he, wondering what it just did. It's, like, turning his head, looking back and forth. Oh, I think that's probably the most iconic one. He's dead. Yeah. I like the one, I, I like when he puts a sheet over himself. <laughs> like, he's just a silly guy. <laughs> so funny he likes me. to also troll. Yeah. Just like Pazuzu. Everything. Yeah, they're just a couple of goofy they're just, goofers, like, Yeah, you know come on. <laughs> I do like evil. that he has some humor. Yeah. It's a, because that's, uh, that's funny. when we did the horror bracket, I brought up the analogy that Michael Myers is Giannis. And Jason is bag Twitter. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But that Michael Myers and Giannis, it's just like, I'm going to the basket. There's nothing you can do to stop me. And Michael Myers is the same way with the kill. So I admire the dedication. This is one of the all-time... I mean, I feel like the kill count is not that high in this movie. Mm. But overall, like, Michael Myers just gets that shit. No, he does. And I think that's why this movie, um, again, just like The Exorcist, and then obviously a lot of these eight are going to have that in similarity is that the, the story is so well done though that it doesn't um bounce off of needing so many actual kills like the kills that you do get just seem justified and realistic and then in like the new remakes like i know we went to go watch it some of the some of it just seems like you're focused on how much blood there's going to be on the kills and not how this makes any sense yeah. whatsoever dude if you've seen the newest i know you well, i know you haven't but if you if you had seen the newest texas chainsaw there's oh a scene God. in a party bus that he literally slaughters everybody. So it's like one of the goriest things I've ever seen, and it doesn't work at all. But this movie, it really isn't even that gory. No, I mean, it, it relies on, like, the implied violence. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's why it really it, it works really well for this movie. Like, there's a scene in the beginning right where they have no idea what's going on, and she goes and drops off the keys for the Meyer house because they're going to try to sell it. And you just see his shadow, like, he's like, through his uh, point of view. And just stuff like that, the whole movie, it's like he is that close to you the whole time, but you have no idea that he's, he's behind the unknown, you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when you're scared when you're taking out the trash or if you're like, oh, I got to go walk the dog at night or something exactly. like that. He, he's like, basically like one of the first of like the boogeyman. Yeah. Like he really is like the boogeyman. Yeah, my wife actually asked me. It's funny that you brought that up. She asked me, she's like, was the boogeyman a character that people talk about because of Michael Myers or was it, it was like the boogeyman? The other way around. And I was like, oh, no, I'm pretty sure... 
the boogeyman, boogeyman is like his own thing old yeah. old story yeah. right but that michael myers is like the film embodiment of it mm-hmm. and i think i would i would agree with that just because they know who the boogeyman is they bring it up they yeah. call him the little kids are like the boogeyman is there the boogeyman yeah. is there. <laughs> dude could you imagine being one of the kids in this movie yeah <laughs> like the little kid who's being babysat i think his name's tommy like this was this is uh like a nightmare that i used to have like i would be at like a friend's house right like chilling in there like uh like den or whatever, and you could see the uh, the backyard, right? And I would always just think, like, what if someone walked by? You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? He's like, gonna show it's up. It's just like I better lock the door. Yeah, I was, dude, let me look yep. out. Like even even now, sometimes at night, if I can't see, I'm just like, mm, I don't know. My, my biggest fear is still opening my bedroom window in the middle of the night and having a face be out there. And like, seeing that, him, that is like yeah. my biggest fucking fear. Looking straight back at yep, you, right? Like, yeah. No way. I'm good. Yeah. No. Nah. Okay. I'm totally good, dude. That's why I don't even look out. Yeah, that's exactly. I died on the cover. Can't even acknowledge <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. I think one of the gr- we just happened to uh, turn towards the screen. One of the, I think this is one of the great lines of the movie. It's when uh, Lori gets scared by the cop, and he tells her like it's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. Mm-hmm. Like I just think that's such a, that's perfect, a good line. Yeah, because it's so innocent, right? And it's like you have no idea what's coming, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, go ahead. I, w- I will say that I think that's where this movie also does really good is that the um, the acting it's all for overall cast is really it's good. You know, oh, there's yeah. no, nobody drops the ball here. There's like the the weird screaming that you're talking about, but I think that does come from us being so many years ahead and then thinking like, oh, that kind of sounds corny. I'm and sure like, it sounded good in '78 when it hit. Exactly. Know? Like, or it wasn't overdone, so it kind of was like, oh, I'm sure somebody screams like that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. now we just know, be like, it's so obviously fake. But I will say that the acting here overall, everybody plays their part really well. Yeah, and I mean, this is Jamie Lee Curtis's first role. She was literally cast as an homage to Psycho. Like, John Carpenter did it because her mom is in Psycho. So that's just, like, the ultimate film bro thing I've ever heard. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know it was her first role. I mean, later on, too, she's in in the second one, right? Yes. Is she? I mean, I know she's in H2O, right? (laughs) I think she's in the first. if If I'm right, I think she's in the first four or the first three. Well, that third one is Season of the Witch. Have you guys ever seen that one? I know what it is. I've never actually seen no. it myself. Yeah, me either. It's I, totally unrelated. Yeah, which it, it's kind of weird how you can just erase all of these movies except for, like, the first one, I think. Because they were going to go ahead. I know this. They were going to go ahead and turn it into, like, an anthology series and just do a different Halloween uh, movie based off scary things and release uh, Halloween. We already, I mean, but, we later on we got Trick or Treat, which yeah. is that. And, I mean, that's cool. I, mm-hmm. I like that movie, but it's not Good. But they, they were going to drop like a movie every couple of years and call it Halloween and then have it be some different. Oh, I see. Is what they were it's kind of like what Blumhouse does now on Hulu where they have the distribution deal with Hulu where they put out a scary movie for every holiday. So like there'd be like a 4th of July scary movie, a Thanksgiving scary movie. I see. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty cool because it's like it's like going to the video store and finding a cool horror yeah. B movie where you're like, is this great? Am yeah. I getting anything out of this? No, Am but it's this fun. Probably, yeah. Let me have some sour patch and some popcorn. I used to watch Leprechaun all the time, dude. Oh, don't yeah. even get me started. Leprechaun. There's a reason I kept that off the bracket. Like, yeah, like, you still brought it up. You still found a way to bring it up. That's so I told funny. you off, Mike. Not I to didn't say even that. know. Like, <laughs> Life finds a way. Um, I mean, we were talking about the cast, and I think even the friends are like properly annoying, like the right kind of friend annoying in a movie, where they're like, "Well, you got one of them was just hanging out with their boyfriend. The other one is not so bad. She's 
kind of taking care of the kid. But I think it's funny that she's like, get the goddamn dog. Like she's like <laughs> yeah. making the popcorn, you know, like I just think that the characters feel so real. And I'm sure it has to do with the fact that this is such a small movie. Like you could have had way bigger names, right? If this was had been made by Universal or Warner Brothers or whoever. But I just think that the performances in this movie, these people probably felt like they had a lot to prove and they freaking delivered. Yeah, I agree. I think they they're passive. They make mistakes that teenagers would make, and then it's like a they dared to have fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like passable. A bunch of the, their deaths or a bunch of the stuff of how they think is like later, like you're saying. Now it kind of looks dumb when they make movies like that. Like, oh, it's just too stupid teen. But back then, it was just plausible and it wasn't overdone, so it worked, and it still does. Now, I don't, I don't know. I think the story is set around those premises of, of just innocent kids, so it works. Just the same way like something like The Goonies works. You know, the premise is just set there well because the story is well written. I like, okay, I think one of the reasons that Friday the 13th doesn't work is because the characters are all unlikable. And then you've, you know, you get the twist Correct. of what happens to Jason. And then you're like, well, I'm kind supposed to be side. on the kid's side now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Y'all seem terrible. Exactly. Yeah. And in this first Halloween movie, we have no frame of reference for anything else except for, like, why are these kids being terrorized? And it's funny that we did this and The Exorcist, like, back-to-back weeks because The Exorcist is also, like, why are these kids being terrorized? And I guess it probably has to do with, like, like you guys were saying, like, the time period of people feeling like the innocence had kind of been lost because of, like, these serial killers. Like, you can't just leave your door unlocked at night. And that's probably another reason this movie feels comforting, too, is because of that. This is still that time of, like... Okay, the teenagers are babysitting, so it's like they're going to go have sex in their neighbor's house, and like this is just totally normal to them. And like I feel like now, if you even heard that, you'd be like, what the fuck are these people doing, right? But yeah. back then, it's like these people are so comfortable just being in someone else's house, yeah. just doing the most comfortable thing you can think of. And then a fucking serial killer comes yeah, and gets exactly. you for, I, I guess, because you had sex, right? Like, that's, that is kind of how this movie feels. Because you were home, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. you were home having sex. You were doing naughty things. Like, so the serial killer had to come and get you. You weren't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, I, I mean, um, they all of them do die of consequences of things they're not supposed to be doing. She's dropping off the girl because she wants to meet up with the guy. And then she they did toss everything on Jamie Lee Curtis's character because she's kind of responsible. She's the quote-unquote the responsible one. So then she's the only one that that's why she's able to take care of the issue at the end, you know? She's the only one that somehow survives because all of them are kind of given that, oh, you're responsible, so Michael Myers comes to kill you, which is, again, an overused trope now, but it just worked. It just it wasn't at the time. Yep. We're talking about the, the grandfather of all this stuff, yeah. right? Which... I mean, I, I rightfully think it is. Like, I would I don't think movies would be... Made, okay, well, maybe they'd be cooler, but, like, if, <laughs> if Nightmare on Elm Street was, like, the template for what horror should be, like, maybe yeah. that would be sicker because it'd be a lot, like, more psychological yeah. and yeah. trippier and stuff like that. But that's just personal preference. But... Yeah. For me, I hope I wish it'd be Hellraiser. Solve my puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasures yeah. of the skin, oh huh? Yeah. Pleasures of the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> real sicko. Dude, for real. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to Halloween. You know what I wanted to talk about? Because I think it ends up. Like, it's so prophetic that this even happens. Donald Pleasance, when he arrives to Haddonfield and he meets with the uh, the cop, 
and he tells him like he tells him what's going down right he's like we have this escaped serial killer i'm pretty sure he's going to be here he you know he lets him in on the past he kind of gives a little exposition he, Donald Pleasant specifically tells him not to let the whole town know. Like, don't tell everybody and don't tell the whole town. And then that's the plot of Halloween Kills, and the movie fucking sucks. So yes. it's like the very first Halloween knew to not do that, and then that ends up being the plot Good point. of the last one, <laughs> which is, I think is one of the worst ones. This is this is a little part where the part of the comedic relief, or now looking at it, and you said putting on the comedy hat. It's really funny that. It's just so nose on, like, on he's saying nose. that, and then, yeah, on the nose, and then behind him, uh, Michael Myers is driving <laughs> yeah, the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's some, like, straight up, like, Three Stooges type comedy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> why is that? That needs to be a meme, because we're literally about to see it right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Donald Pleasance thinks he has a, a hold on this whole thing, right? And the cop is not taking it serious at all, which I think probably has to do with what you guys are talking about at the, at the time it's like not every city was prepared to deal with the serial killer and Haddonfield Illinois is one of those Correct. cities I mean the freaking serial killer is driving right past the cops like it's in Looney mask. Tunes or something you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys want to talk about the William Shatner mask <laughs> I mean yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well do you guys know the story that like they just got a bunch of them and the William Shatner one ended up being like the most lifeless scariest pale entity that they could find yeah which i think that's funny because at the time he was a total heartthrob right i mean he's captain kirk dude that's i was captain kirk mask i will say though it's probably because it's a bad oh yeah. a bad mask of him you dude, know those you ever look back at like 60s 70s halloween pictures and it's like these are abominations they're terrifying, they're terrifying yeah. because yeah. of that it's actually scary yeah because I mean, the cutest like, version of it is the peanuts you know what yeah. i mean like seeing charlie brown dressed up like that but those are some scary ass halloween mm-hmm. costumes too because it's all ghosts and witches and like pumpkin faces and yep. stuff like that no I but i do think the william shatner mask is like beyond iconic it's like and yeah, yeah. Uh, have you guys seen how it's changed throughout the years yeah yeah I, th- I just think that's funny because it's like, why are there even this many movies where you can have this many different versions of the mask? Because I, I will say, um, I understand why they've changed it because it wouldn't work if it still looked exactly the same. And why is it always clean, right? If it, now he's a bigger entity, he is evil. But I will say that it, in this movie, towards the end, it gets taken off of him. So then I've kind of wondered why they've never really ran why has he never had a face? And I guess it's always because you guys said he's kind of known as the figure or the shadow, whatever it is. So that that mask being so lifeless is the one they always just keep putting on him. But it is interesting to me that they've never decided to like give us half a mask or I don't know. Something. I know I know John Carpenter said that the reason that like they he wore the jumpsuit and the mask is because he wanted audiences to be to be able to like to relate to him as least as possible like he did not want audiences to be able to relate to the guy at all that makes sense um but then i think it's interesting because i don't remember if it's one of the rob zombie films or if it's just another one of the spinoffs of the different halloween movies but there is a movie where like for a good portion of it he's not wearing a mask like yeah. a lot of it is when he's in like the mental in- institution like as a teenager this is like, a rob zombie man. ones is it and he's just like, yeah. He Are those like from the back shots where you can only see like? No, so, no. It's, he has long hair. He has see. long hair. Yeah. So you can like see it like draping over his. It on. He kind of looks like the dude in the newest Texas Chainsaw movie. Oh, kind of really? like that. Yeah. It works. That's why I said I know people don't really like those movies. For me, those worked because I always did like the mythos of Michael Myers, but and they dove into that the. 
the kid was a, was a seed of evil. Those yeah. Rob Zombie ones did, and we did see his face before. Um, I think in one of those, um, he's like in the asylum, and he paints his mask, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So they try to get like more into the psychology. Yeah, they yeah. What's and wrong I, with I know a lot of people don't like that because they want Michael Myers to stay as this entity, like not human. But at the same time, I'm like, well. This is the 11th movie in the series. Like, I think maybe they're gonna it's have about to address time. It. You're going to have to go into something Let's humanize else. them a little bit, and I guess. I mean, honestly, like, I, I like those movies. Like, I, I do. think that they were. I mean, shoot, in Halloween Kills, I was like, he's going to say something, isn't he? Like, I finally gotcha. thought that he was going to talk, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean, the, that's what I would <laughs> My favorite Michael Myers line is when he said, Boo, I got you. <laughs> 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 I mean, overall, I do think that this is just a perfect blend of the right guy, the right director, Correct. and then the right property. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, the, I couldn't, I think he is the most synonymous with this, right? It's because it's John Carpenter's so. Halloween. Yeah. And do you, do you guys know if the, off the top of your head, if the thing is like, yes, it, it, it is like John, like John, John Carpenter's, Carpenter's the thing. thing. Yeah. But because it's a book, I think though, too. Right. Uh, what? The thing. Is it? I don't know. I just know that there's the fifties movie, which is referenced in, this version of the movie, I think, I think because it's, um, or because there's previous renditions of it, that's when they use like John Carpenter's or night. But look, we're not here for facts. Yeah, but I do. If you want to, I do know because it, well, it's one of the eight that we have, and I ha- I have it in 4K, and it like has it in being John Carpenter's oh, okay. the thing. Uh, we had mentioned this, and I mean. The, th- the thing is in Halloween, so yeah. I feel like that's a cut in for us to talk about the thing a little bit early. Do you think that the, the ha- Halloween is, like, better than the thing? No. No, right? No. Do I think it's better? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess personally I like the thing better, but as a movie, like, technically done, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. There, I don't, I, uh... You don't like the thing more than Halloween? No, I do. Okay, I like the I thing know, way like, more. I no, like I like the thing, thing way like more. Rose, than... like for sure, top yeah. five. Like, yeah, I think it's in my top ten or maybe even fifteen. But that's just uh, like when I, I don't know. I, I it's always like, ooh, but what about this one? But what about this yeah. one? And I don't even know if the thing is my favorite sci-fi horror movie. I get you mean. But for me, yeah, it's like one of my favorite favorite yeah, movies. The thing. So I do think like the thing is John Carpenter's best movie, but Halloween is what he's known for. Yeah. yeah, and probably. I mean, I feel like he's they they call him the master of horror, right? Yeah. Or is that Wes Craven? Oh, I don't know. I well, I know John Carpenter's got one of those nicknames, right? But I feel like he isn't even really best at horror. Like I I personally like the thing, which I mean, which is horror and Big Trouble in Little China mm-hmm. even more. So, I just think it's kind of funny that the impact of this is so like big that he kind of gets forgotten for his other classics because he is a genre man like he has done a bunch of different things like he did assault on precinct 13 on precinct 13 before this and it's not horror at all you know what i mean like it's a crime thriller like intense movie but like i think that is what he's known for the most is the intensity of his movies because they're all pretty like white knuckle like oh man i'm nervous while watching because i've told you that my which is fun it's just really funny it's tied with this but they're not equal at all but it's like battle of new york is to me one oh, of his like, escape from new york sorry battle for new york is the other movie yeah but battlefield los angeles yeah. oh my god i remember that movie too 
but Escape from New York, yeah. Like, that's one of my favorite from him. But because it, I think it's what John Carpenter is so much of. It's what he's good at. That movie only works because it's given to John Carpenter. The same way that Halloween only works because it's given to John Carpenter. His way of being able to do so many things, how he's involved in it, I think is... Um, we don't get much of that anymore, which is uh, for a good part. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's too stressful to do too much of it too by yourself, you know. But the fact that it, he was able to pump out so many that had his like iconic look. Um, yeah, he's one of my favorite directors for sure. Have you guys ever seen Dark Star? No. That's his first. I think his that's his very first, first, first one. Movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's his very first one that isn't a short. So a couple of years ago, I had you acquire this movie for me so I could watch it. <laughs> um, and it's it's like the template for Hall, uh, not for Halloween, for Alien. And then the guys who worked on this movie ended up like working on Alien. Alien. And that movie is like even a lower budget than this one, and it's ridiculous because it's like it's pretty bad and like like hokey and stuff like that but you can see where like you can see where the intensity starts and like him creating tension and just having this really like ominous feeling throughout the entire movie like just cranking it to a thousand every time and i don't know where that came from that's got to be an, i'm sure that's a deep question if you ask yeah, him exactly. like why are your movies so intense right but i do think he ended up going on one of like the best like honestly 10 movie runs like out of like any director who lived, like I think his filmography for the most part is pretty solid. I will say that he has the reason I do really like him is he tends to pick characters for his movies or actors even that aren't necessarily regarded as too good. Like I mean, also he has like They Live. He has Roddy Piper as. I don't his. think the characters or the actors are bigger than the movie. Yeah, like his movie is always the front. And he helps make them like. I feel like. Kurt Russell, for example, that's the big one that I'm thinking about, right? Yeah. Like people don't necessarily think he's a good actor, but I think the thing Who I couldn't they? see. Like, we need to have fuck? words with these. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, like I couldn't see anybody else in the thing or in, in all the movies that he or in Battle of New York or Escape, Escape of New York. York. Sorry, yeah. Escape from New York. Be like it, it's like, it, but his like the John Carpenter's themes of his movies and the way his style just works so well with Kurt Russell in the same way that's what I was saying like in I think as they live it's Roddy Piper yeah as like right? he just brought a wrestler John Cena could never yeah <laughs> the rock could never Oof, he hasn't I'll be hard pressed to see when the first episode featuring the rock pain and gain no, no, no. We're not doing that. <laughs> I'll just veto that very. now. <laughs> I would I would be very interested to see when it's the first time The Rock makes an appearance. You did on say this there's show. one movie that you... Snitch? Yeah, but I wouldn't do a Snitch podcast. Snitch. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Exactly. Anyways, <laughs> back to Halloween, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We got so far, dude. We got into a rock hole. Uh, well, you were saying his 10, his ten runs of movies... Oh, his run? Yeah. yeah. I mean, his Dark Star, Assault on Precinct 13, Halloween. Um, then he's got, like, two TV movies, which we're not going to count. But then it's The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, the Christine, Starman, Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, They Live. And then I would it ends there because it's got, like, memoirs of the of Invisible Man. I and see. then a couple years later is In the Mouth of Madness. And he makes some... I actually like that movie. He makes a couple stinkers. Like, I watched yeah. a movie called Vampires with James Wood, or James Woods, and... Not very good. And, like, I remember seeing Ghost of Mars in the theater with my parents, and that's not a very good movie. Towards the end, there's so a the couple end, stinkers. Yeah. It, 
what can I say though? That ten movie run is pretty it's a lot. fucking impeccable, and it's like a lot of different genres as well. Now after those is where it's become also like I brought up last week in the Exorcist uh, Giga Chat uh, interviews. Oh, with William Friedkin. Of yeah, but like John Carpenter also has Giga Chat um, takes on Twitter. Yeah, like uh, I forgot. I guess they sometimes like the horror geniuses get together, and sometimes you know, they'll invite him over, and he always says he just leaves because he's like, I just go home. Play some Xbox, like like he oh likes playing God. Xbox Live. And watching the NBA, those are his like two favorite things yeah. to do now. Like he just doesn't like he's like whatever. Let them he's let them do what now. they do. He doesn't care. Honestly, he that's all he it. does, dude. He he's on Stream East and fucking playing Xbox on Twitch. Oh, dude, we're getting the thing reference right now live as we're watching the movie. Sick. <laughs> I think that we talked about this trope. It's like movies. That they're watching in the movie are better than the actual <laughs> movie. <laughs> like I don't think this is one of those cases, but this is a, just another one of those things that has been beat to death over and over again. Of mm-hmm. you know, people in movies love watching movies, right? Sure. And I guess that is a way of it trying to be like, yo, they're literally me, right? But I don't know. It's 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 fine. I don't know if this is one of my favorite tropes in movies. No, no, no not really. I, mean, I think it's just always them um, showing their love for either themselves or other movies that like, oh, look, I know what movies this is, is what good. Like. Yeah, or like, which is it's fine. I guess it's like a, every artist's signature, right? To like, but I do think it never has advanced the plot. <laughs> yeah, right. When has it ever been like actually important to have? It's just a cool aesthetic thing. I mean, that'd be tight if it, if they did get it to work one day. I mean, the closest thing I've seen to that is a song in uh, Bong Joon-ho's Memories of Murder. Like, there's a song that plays a crucial part in the movie. Like, it's a, it's an actual clue. There's like, a when clue, the song yeah. Plays. Yeah, it's, it's really sick. I mean, what about California Dreaming and Chunking? Uh, yeah, it's Chunking. <laughs> that oh, that, that uh, has a lot to do with the plot, actually. Yeah, that's the whole plot, actually. <laughs> Yo, I love this song. Yeah. Like, this make, one song. Don't get me started. Um, <laughs> since we're on the topic of music, I mean, this is... This is an argument for a long time. Not between us. I'm just saying in online. We don't argue. Come on. We're good boys. <laughs> we we respect others' opinions. <laughs> Internally, I might hate them, but, you know. <laughs> We're going to keep it civil. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it civil. Come on. We're adults here. Um, what do you think is the better score, The Exorcist or Halloween? Uh, because they're, they, uh, one is an obvious ripoff, and, I mean, John Carpenter has kind of addressed it. I mean, it's heavily inspired. You can't ignore it. John Carpenter ripped off The Exorcist. But I used to think it was the other way around. I never, we found it at Hot Horror Nights. Because we ended up looking it up, we were talking right? about it, and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's The Exorcist. Because yeah, at first you're like, William yeah. Freakin has something to explain to John Carpenter. Why does this sound too much like Halloween? And then I was like, didn't this one come out before? And we looked oh, it up. Oh, shoot. See? I, I know so much about movies, I forget the stuff I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, only, I only remember that because it was in the... I looked it up that day. It was because I didn't... And I would have playing ass- like right next yeah. to each other. I would have assumed... And I guess it's just biased that John Carpenter liking him so much that John Carpenter came up with it himself. And then William Freeman, that's kind of that sounds kind of cool. But it was actually the other way around. Whoever the composer was for The Exorcist. Go ahead. Go ahead. I do think that The Exorcist score is better. Yeah. I think the Halloween score, like, I mean, it's super iconic. And honestly, if you probably showed a lot of people The Exorcist score, they would think it's a Halloween yeah. score. 
But, I thought I was going to say. Really, yeah. But um, I, the Halloween score does kind of get a little annoying, not going to lie. E, I, yes, I think it's cheap in some moments, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, it's there. It's. I think it overtakes the actual on-screen yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. Where I, it's like, it like with with our closed captions that we have, it says, like, abrasive synth. You know what I mean? And I don't it really that. is that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's trying to make you more scared by how loud it is as opposed to what's actually taking place on the screen. That's why when it's... It, it, the movie becomes kind of like B B movie in that instance because I agree it, it over blares it almost is loud on the speakers like deep, the synth but in the exorcist in the exorcist it just kind of seems like when it does use it it makes everything look like oh shit's getting creepy yeah, because it's, it's not used so and it's only used short sprouts like not really too long yeah it's de- it's definitely not like throughout the entire thing and in this like. I mean, it's it helped create this trope, but of like the killer having their own theme. Correct. So it like later on we get one of the cheapest things I hate the most, which is Jason's like, yeah, like, yeah. And it's like okay, here he comes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I feel like it totally ruins the like tension, you know, because it's like okay, I already know what's going to happen now that you start playing the music. Yeah, Don't tell me something's gonna happen. Just show Just have me. it happen. Yeah, yeah. That's what I had written as my review for this. It's like obviously every single time the character looks confused then the the score starts playing you're like oh here comes michael myers you know and it just worked before because it wasn't done all the time it it was almost a little signature flair to all the movies it's those b-roll movies note, honestly yeah. score like it gets, it's it's so repetitive mm-hmm. too and i feel like like it, you can't even really compare the exorcist the whole thing you know what i mean because it's so different like there's some classical music in there correct and it's it's more of a overall movie score, but it's like that Exorcist theme that we all know and the Halloween one. Um, I yeah, I think out of those, like if you divide it up, I think that those two, the Exorcist is still better, like overall. And I do think that the Exorcist theme is actually a better like. What am I trying to say? Like, you know, am I making sense here? It's just like composed better, like it just yeah. Like I think overall, yeah, yeah. There you go. It's so. overall composed better. Like I don't get tired of hearing it the way I get tired of hearing the Halloween one. Because uh, yeah, I think it's it doesn't get blasted to your. It it never is the main component driving the fear. It's always just a little subtle touch to it, as opposed to here, like you said. Once the score starts, you know stuff stuff is about to start. But in The Exorcist. Things are already happening, and then the score starts playing. I, I, I really love the title sequence of Halloween. Yeah. Because I think it's, like, one of the more creative things of that time, just to have the pumpkin. Like, it's so simple, right? Mm-hmm. But it just works so well. But even by the end of that, I'm already kind of tired of the score. Because I'm like, okay, am I about to get beat to like beat over the head with this thing? Yes, and you, you really do. Yes, you are. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I feel like that comes from Halloween Town starts like that, too. Mm. And we were talking the Disney of, movies. Yeah, really. We were talking. Of, or I think one of them does. And I was talking of that um, comfort movie. This is like the adult version of those, obviously. Shout out. That'll probably have an episode before we do an episode of The Rock. I'll tell you that. That's true. I, I actually I enjoyed those movies. Those are kid movies. Uh, enjoying. Dude, Halloween Town and Hocus Pocus are my shit. Yeah. Return of Calabar or what, was that his name? <laughs> I don't. Even remember. I don't. I'm not sure. I, I, you don't remember Calabar? There was. There was like. There was a good amount of them. There's like four of those. I liked Halloween Town, Town High. Yeah. I was probably too old yep. to like those already, but <laughs> but I liked it. I did like that because I was like, man, I wish my high school was like that. And I wasn't even in high school yet, but I was like, I hope when I get there, there's some magical stuff happening. <laughs> I feel you. 
do you guys have much more to say about Halloween? I mean, Not I feel really. like I can. I'm giving off that my I don't have as much to say about this. Well, I, I mean, just think it's because I still, even though we're all these all these minutes in, I still haven't like opened up to this movie more than I thought I, w- I, will I thought s- I would. I will say that some of the simplicity to Halloween is like its story. The story is pretty straightforward. It's not very long. Mm. I think it's an hour 30, probably like an hour 25 with that if you take all the, the intro out. The intro is pretty long. I think that's that's why. It's not really a deep movie. I think this movie is almost like, I know last week when you brought up The Exorcist, like you haven't seen it. I do think that it's more plausible that somebody hasn't seen The Exorcist and they have seen Halloween. Yeah, I mean, it's very accessible. Like, yeah. super, like, mm-hmm. this is a good one to show people for the first time. Like, I think even if you don't really like horror, that this is good enough. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's just scary enough. And, like, we're about to be, like, 50 minutes into the actual movie, right? And we're barely about to get our first kill. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably another reason why it's so comforting. I know I keep going back to that, but I just thought it was so interesting that that was how Nate described the movie. Like, <laughs> it comforts me, and... I mean, I, I at first I was like, "What the fuck?" But now that we've <laughs> talked about it a little more, like I can totally see what you mean. But I, I think there's some movies where you've talked about, like um, some of the prior movies that we've done. If you don't, you don't get the payoff that you want. Some people want a quick payoff. I think this this movie is kind of known, I guess, as a as a horror like staple piece. But it is very like patience like you kind of said like we're 50 minutes in and that's kind of when you actually get besides in the beginning the very beginning yeah when you get him as a little kid but so you know what you're in for but you're waiting for it but what this movie does so well is that the fact that he's kind of following everybody around you do or like when is it going to happen when is it going to happen when is it going to happen and um in in that kind of deliverance maybe it's done that way because it was done so low budget and so there's not like we can't get too many kills in here we're not trying to make all of these look too low budget so they had like maybe we have three good kills or something Mm -hmm. right but i i think it's it's not like a crazy movie to break down is what i was getting at or like it has a lot of people it's like we could be overthinking it by even trying to like describe it in all these different ways when it's really just it's like an exercise in making a perfect movie. Mm. You know what I, I think mean? So, like yeah. it's the perfect runtime. It's the perfect amount of scary from like a general audience. It's got a good enough score that is like people are going to remember forever. It's got a, a director behind it who has a vision for this thing. You know what I mean? Like it's just a per- I think that's probably why so many other directors keep going back to this cuz like I was thinking in my head like okay, who else do I know off the top of my head that is used like this John, this stuff that John Carpenter invented. And it's like Brian De Palma, dude, like every eighties movie that he made that starts with, you know, basically the opening sequence of Halloween. Like we see it in blowout and I know body double has that kind of stuff in it too. Right. And it's like, it's, you can, you can, you kind of can't even tell. It'd be like, is this Brian De Palma or is this John Carpenter? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you if you didn't know, yeah. yeah. Like, if you had only seen some John Carpenter movies and you seen a movie that Brian De Palma made, you'd kind of be like, hold up, I think I can I can see those similarities there. I feel the same way with uh, Cronenberg. Like oh, with John time, Carpenter and Cronenberg. Like at, at the time, if you told me yeah, John Carpenter did The Fly, I bet that seems believable to me. Yeah, and if you told me that David Cronenberg had did made the thing, yeah, like, I yeah, total sense. it makes total yeah. sense. And so, I mean, that's why I like both of them a lot. Um, but they're like movie soulmates. Yeah, they really. Are. I, like I will say that this this movie, I like that you said, it's like a flex of like just perfect storytelling because I think as a horror fan, it has everything that you could want in a horror movie, yeah. and done it in the most simplest way. 
No, this that that's basically it. I mean, this is just it's a very simple movie. It's a very simple story. You know, bad guy gets out of prison basically, and he goes kills people. Correct. Like, there's nothing crazy going on, but I just think that what what always like what I always think about is how, I mean, you know, the budget it was so low, and like the the fact that you're able to come out with a movie that is this good, and like I said, like. It maybe is not. It really isn't the scariest movie, and it's yeah. not even close to the scariest. That's movie. true. But it really is such like a perfect. It is a horror movie though. Yeah, and it's like a perfect horror movie to throw on with a group of people with you know like around Halloween, and that's why I think that this movie will probably. It. I mean, it already has, but it will continue to last like the test of time. Honestly, in five to six years, it'll be fifty years old. Yeah. I think it'll be have been rebooted five more times. Somehow. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> still be showing it at a, you know at a movie theater around you in July you know what I mean like I think that just goes to show you that this is one of those movies that just stands the test of time where people like people have decided that this is just like perfect mm-hmm. and I I totally understand that like that's why it kind of bugs me that I don't like this movie as much as I wish I liked it because it's like I can see everything right about this movie it's like like the things I had just said before it's like this is perfectly paced it's got a good payoff like it rewards you for the patience it's a scary character I don't know I honestly just think it has to do with the fact that I didn't see it as a kid probably but I even the fact that like yeah on June 3rd in our local area this movie is going to be playing in a theater so and random. it's kind of like a the, another movie I can think of that's like that is like Rocky Horror or like Jurassic Park where it's like some Somewhere in your city, if they have, like, an art house type theater, they're probably showing one of these movies right now. Mm. And I just think it's it's a forever movie. Like, it cannot be forgotten, and it cannot not be mentioned. And I honestly think that's why it made it this far into our – it's like that's why it made the Elite mm. Eight. Because I was ready to be, like, edgelord and be like, well, actually, Halloween doesn't belong in the Eight. But <laughs> I, I, for me, it was an out-of-respect thing where I'm like – this has to be there. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, this probably is the least scary movie that we have in our top eight. But, I mean, I, there's a reason why it's here. <laughs> I could just picture Rose Head, a cloud on the inside. It's like, malignant. <laughs> <laughs> just you wait, oh, my guy. Man. Oh, my uh, God. I, I, I'm going to say, though, it does stand the test of time, this movie, because um, it's still a relatable concept. Yeah, like it's honestly perfect. Mm-hmm. Like it's a five. And unknown, but to me, it's a three. I feel bad. You know what I mean? Like it bugs me. No, because I I think some sometimes the way that I like to think about stuff too when and some stuff doesn't deliver is I take off my American hat off and I'm like, okay, well, like if somebody else from another country sees this, what do they think? And I always like to read those reviews of people like international because it doesn't hit to them the same way. Yeah. Like they see this stuff and it's like, it's kind of corny. Or like the, the Italian like horror guys, like it's kind of corny. So yeah, I, like, d- I did say I like giallos more than American slasher movies. And like it's vice versa. So I think like when I do feel that way, I kind of think like obviously I may just be so American about like um, John Carpenter, the way that he does stuff. I like that he did all three of these things and I like that he made such a good movie at low budget. But then if you don't know all those things, what if you just think the movie fucking sucks? And then you could break down why the movie sucks. And I'd be like, I understand. But I think to me it has a cultural hold that is makes it like a – it makes it a five to me. I get it. I guess if you want to talk about rankings, I rank it at a four because I know it's not a five star. It's not a five star movie because it's not perfect. But to me, it has such a like it's iconic. And like you said, if, if I'm doing a horror movies for the 31 days of 
Halloween. This I might watch this on Halloween. Like this might be the one for Halloween. You know, it has the title for a reason, and I think it's going to stand the time of Halloween. Regardless of, I think um, this is going to sound kind of like dumb, but in in you know, whenever there's no humans or whatever, and they, what's Halloween, and if they find this fucking movie, I <laughs> yeah. think it, it, it would make a good, like, yeah, that's what people were actually scared of or what they thought Halloween was. And I think the fact that it holds that kind of, like, test of time, I think it's why it's one of the tiers. We're such film bros that we can't even fathom the concept of an alien not being interested in movies. Yeah. Right? You don't You're watch like, hold this? up. You know when the aliens pop in the DVDs? You'd be like, you think that's what they're going to be worried about? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Us? It's like, hell yeah, Y'all waste are, your time right? doing yeah. this too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this, one, this one will still be around for some reason. <laughs> yeah, right? Honestly. This I mean, fucking movie will be around. It. Yeah. Like, if you, if you need to explain to someone what movies are, if an alien crash landed, I would show them this movie like, this is a movie. This is the definition of a scary movie. Yeah, I think yeah. This 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 comes part of those um that era that you were talking about the gold, which I think is a good argument of like this era, or at least like it's like a bracket of ten years is like really some of the best yeah some of the best movies movies of all time. And John Carpenter's part of it, dude. Big time. I think he's an underrated and underappreciated director. Like. A great auteur. Honestly. I think so too, because he has such a like all of those movies that you named. Even the bad ones have such a signature style of his, and I I really like it. And I think it might just be from a love of low budget things where you can make with such a low budget, like the fog and stuff like that. It really is. It's nothing crazy, but I do think at your most basic core of like being scared of things, it it touches upon all of those things. And I was gonna say is as a whole, I feel like everybody's kind of gone. Me like scary movie on those like on all of it like on well on Halloween like just like man with knife me like movie like yeah, that's it simple yeah. <laughs> it, it me scared that's it <laughs> it's dark I think it was like Godard or somebody it's like all you need is like a blonde and a gun and you have a movie yeah right? correct and it's like but all you need is a mask and a knife and you got yeah. yourself a slash it's true because it gets, it's like who is it doesn't matter that's all the yeah. interest but it in this movie it doesn't matter like we know we know who the character is but it doesn't matter. I feel like John Carpenter must have hated how in Scooby Doo they unmask the person every week. Yeah, <laughs> like I need Stop to correct it. this. Like, no, it's yeah. better when you don't know. Damn it! <laughs> and yeah, I I don't know. I know there's like a bunch of more of these. I don't know how many more of these he did. How many? He's I think this is the only one because I looked at the second one. He didn't do the second one. It's some other guy. And his whole thing, I mean, talk about some Chad behavior. He's like, yeah, go ahead, keep remaking it as long as you send the Pay check. Me. Yeah, exactly. yeah, shit. That's what that's his chat. You think I'm behavior. not gonna get paid for this? I mean, that's hard because now he's hard. just playing Xbox and watching the NBA, which is what I wanted. Because do. every yeah. single every <laughs> single time they use that, I'm pretty sure he has the name down right, and then the score. They keep using the damn score too. I mean, like he's you like, I compose that the score. Like you just can't. Like honestly, even though I don't think it's like this technically great score, like it's not like he's fucking John Williams or anything, yeah. right? But he is as just as iconic as John Williams yeah. because like. Just for this one alone, like, I mean, you could argue about the other, the other ones. ones. Yeah. Like the thing is like, he's just, okay. John Carpenter just understands what it means to be cool. You yeah. know what I mean? And like how far it can go to just be cool, to do cool things, like have sense and have sci-fi exactly. and horror elements. Like he just gets it. You know what I mean? Like, and he's, I think that's probably why collectively he's in our like top list of overall filmmakers because he doesn't, he, he just understands 
it goes a long, long way to just be, be cool. cool. Yeah. It's just badass stuff. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know if it's just like, that's just the guy in me saying that, but I just think that's part of what makes John Carpenter so fucking rad is like, he just gets it, dude. That, that, that to me is the culmination of Escape from New York. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like that movie only literally is because like really guys like look at all this cool shit that I'm showing <laughs> yeah. you. What a cool ass story that a whole city and the president would be there. And then they send this guy whose name is Snake Plissken. Yeah. Like, and he's like the most badass character you can come up. But he's a criminal, too, at the same time. <laughs> suicide Squad. Yeah. Like basically it's the original Suicide Squad. So I just think but just to like just tie him like that is the reason why I think I like him so much. But I could see why somebody thinks it's all like, but it's not cool. It's all just stupid. Like, OK, I didn't really want to bring up this comparison, but I feel like I have to at this point. It's like how Alfred Hitchcock was underappreciated in his time for like he's one note. It's all just going to be suspense. It's a guy with the uh, wrong identity. Okay, he's going to do the same things over and over again. Right. But when you're this much in your bag, it just, what are you going to do? Stop? It, it, it works. It works. You know? And, like, we have a few directors like that today where the style is so concrete. I'm like, okay, this is a Wes Anderson movie. This is a Tarantino movie, right? But I think of all the of all the directors of that era that John Carpenter possibly has the most distinct style yeah like even more than like martin scorsese or yeah like i think even more than martin scorsese and francis ford Coppola. there, there is i understand being one note but at one point it's your signature like that's what you're good at and i and i think i mean it's what martin, you innovated and pushed the boundaries scorsese is obviously broadened spielberg is broadened they've all done multiple things but and not to say that John Carpenter's done the same thing once. Like, you, you kind of said it. Like, he's done horror ones. Like, he's known for Halloween. But then he's also done, like, thrillers. But they all seem to have the same theme that they're all John Carpenter movies. And then, like, some of, like, Scorsese's movies or Spielberg, they're so different that, yes, you know that the person did them. But that's also another way of seeing, like, an auteur. But this- How the hell would I know that Steven Spielberg made Lincoln and Indiana Jones? Right? Yeah. Like, how do you look at those two movies and be like, this is so obviously both Steven Spielberg? No, like, don't. I don't think you can, right? Or even something like, how much is Raging Bull really like Goodfellas? You Correct. Know, where it's like, dude, this is so obviously him, you know? Like, to the casual audience. I'm sure what I'm saying right now is blasphemous to like, the letterbox <laughs> heads, you know? Yeah. But not everybody is a weirdo online film person. So I think it, even. So many people have probably seen these John Carpenter movies and don't even realize it either. Like, oh, I like They Live and I do like Halloween. Like, that's the same guy? Correct. Like, how could you even understand that Assault on Precinct 13th and Halloween are, like, from the same, same guy? Same guy. You know? And, like, it, it, he's so distinct. Like, he's he's really, like, a one-of-a-kind director, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Little trolling. Michael Myers <laughs> wearing the sheet. So funny. <laughs> I like that. I just like that he tries to get somewhat creative with mm. his kills. He's silly. But he's unstoppable. He's, he will get you, right? Yeah. I mean, hey, take a lesson from Michael Myers. Never give up. He well, is you always get to your goal as long as you walk. Or you got a year, he'll be back next Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I will say maybe it's the fact that he is a 21 years old that he's the original one. Yeah, and then maybe now when we're seeing it, um, we're seeing him, you know, in the new ones, he's kind of let he's more like, of the demon take over because he's getting older. <laughs> so that's why he's a little bit more bloody, he's you know. In the vices. beginning, he's just 21. He's kind of getting the taste of it, you know, like the first killers kind of seeing what's it's just up. about getting them done, actually. Yeah. Right? He's just trying to prove himself as a young he only had two. He only had two objectives being locked up was learn how to drive, apparently, <laughs> and, and know how to kill somebody. Stab. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the two things he learned. Need. This was a training course for him. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, let me test the waters of this serial the first killer one. game. Exactly. 
exactly. Let me see if I can get it down. And then after this, it's just off the rails. Right? Yeah, because I mean, in, in this, we talked about it. Like, you know, people had the doors unlocked. You know, they had two doors, didn't lock both of them. Windows were open. You just break them. No, but thing, things got harder later. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. he had to get someone with the demon in. I mean, <laughs> we go from He's a G, dude. we go from <laughs> smuggling or strangling a lady. It's not smuggling. Strangling a lady in a car to getting people to actually shoot themselves. Yeah. Yep. So he's leveled up, dude. I feel like it's like a MLB the show card. Like now he's he ninety nine like, diamond now. You know what I mean? He like, like socks people and like they like their head comes off. Like he's just strong <laughs> as fuck. Yeah. Literally like a, <laughs> like a beast from the X Men. Like yeah. if he socked you, your head dude, would just Jesus turn around. Christ. You know, he's what I mean? an animal, dude. I mean, and you got to think like Jason had his mom do everything for him. Mom's yeah, you know what boy. I mean? Like that's, that's some pussy shit. So. Thank you. In the in the in this in this uh, the la- yeah this last one it's like, it starts off like they tried burning him. And no, like work. he's not. Nah. Nah, nah. Guess what? It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Even his clothes didn't burn. That's how. You have to see this. I might watch it, I might watch it tonight. <laughs> if if Roe has to see Malignant, you have to see Halloween Kills. <laughs> that's fine. It's a fair trade. There's no way that's a fair trade. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to make it easier on Roe. <laughs> you can't put those in the same fucking category. <laughs> I'd be, I, you know, I'm. I would. I don't want this, and I'm not wishing this on anybody. But if if the backlash finally comes because Roe doesn't like Malignant, that would be like that'd be kind of funny. <laughs> that'd be kind of <laughs> that would be funny. I know. I I don't want it to happen, but it could. You know. I mean, you're poking the beast here, dude. I don't know. And Malignant was in the uh, that thing that the Snyder cut was in. That Oscars fan. Oh, great! Thing. <laughs> <laughs> great, great convincing point. I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> but it was rightfully there. It wasn't a bunch of bots. Like so, people, you know, look at the list, man. People respect *Malignant*. And I think you will too. I think you'll open your eyes. Open that third eye, Doctor Strange. Why are we talking about *Malignant*? <laughs> I'm getting tired of talking about Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> all right, smash all those buttons, right, Nate? Yep, smash them all. And lock uh, your fucking doors, dude. Michael Myers on the loose. <laughs> okay, who do you think out of the three of us likes this the most? Because I know I like this the least. I don't know. I like it. Is it up there for you guys? What's your, rate, like, what's your rating like a on top it? 15, 20 movie for you? Oh, like, no. Like, this is one of the, no. your favorite movies of all time. No. no. This is not one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like at one in five people, this is probably in their top. Yes, movie. I think so. Yeah. One day we will discuss our top movies. But this is not in my top. This will not be on that list. Yeah, that might be when I have another baby or something. <laughs> <I> <laughs> like need to kill some time. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, no, I, I, which isn't a knockdown on it for sure. There's just so many good movies. Like, all right, all right. Like really, just, really. Good. I had to throw that out there because I, a lot of people, this is one of their favorite. I, I, I agree with that statement. I do think if you were to go outside and you ask ten people, probably the least three of them would this would be in it. All right, for sure. So, I mean, I enjoyed this conversation, and I definitely enjoyed the. I enjoyed the movie. The more I see it, I think, I think it gets a little one, bit better every time. I think you throw it on on Halloween with some friends or whoever, and I, I always think that it catch is. me in five years, I might be like, "Yo, I was tripping. <laughs> I, I, was, I was wrong." <laughs> Check but, the Rob Zombie ones. Hey, I'm peace telling and you. love and respect, <laughs> man. I do actually appreciate this movie, and I know we do as a whole. So, mm-hmm. I do think it was a good entry for our for our showdown, and it had its rightful place in I the Elite so Eight. Too. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for us, right? I'm pretty yep. toasted from talking about this movie. Yep. All that's right, about guys. it, y'all. Smash all those buttons. Have you already one. know the deal. Bye.